All right, guys, uh, Galatians chapter 6, and uh, we'll be wrapping up the verse-by-verse study tonight, and then Dan will close us next week. But uh, before we dive into chapter 6, we want to do just a little bit of review like we do each week uh, about the book of Galatians, uh, really not a book, but a letter uh, that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, and uh, he, he wrote this, and as we're going to see tonight, uh, he writes this in his own words. Uh Normally, Paul would have a scribe, uh, uh, someone he would dictate his words to, and then they would write it down for him. Um, but Paul was sending this with such urgency to the church in Galatia that, that he says, uh, see that I have written this in such large letters so that you know it's from me. Like, like I am writing this to you because this is a big deal. This is an issue. This is a problem. Uh, and who remembers what the problem in this church was? Stealth mode Judaizers trying to get in, and what were they trying to do? Yeah, they were trying to add to the gospel works. And uh, in, in, in the case of the Judaizers, yeah, they were trying to add the law. They were trying to Judaize. They were trying to make them Jews. And in order to attain salvation, according to these Judaizers, these false teachers... They had said you have to uh, take part in circumcision. You have to take part in following the law uh, all throughout. But Paul says, this is not the case by any means. Uh, He says, I taught you a gospel, and if anyone teaches you something different, uh, it's a no-no. What was the gospel that Paul taught the church in Galatia? Anyone remember? It also happens to be the title of our sermon series. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Close. No, what's the gospel that, 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 that Paul taught the Galatian church? Yeah, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You cannot add to the work that Jesus has already done. That's why Paul calls it the finished work of Jesus Christ. He did it all. He, he, he On the cross and through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he made it so that we can have new life. And there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves. It is by grace that we are saved through faith, not of our works, lest any man should boast. It is, it is all about Jesus, all about the cross. And Paul encourages us to be crucified daily, uh, to pick up our cross daily. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Uh, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Now, with Paul, and we're going to see this as we go through Ephesians, and as we go through Colossians, and as we go through Philippians, uh, that he, Paul, when he writes, he writes in a very uh, concise uh, uh, structure for us to follow. Uh, it's, it's, it's very well laid out and thought out. Um, I'm going to give Paul a little bit of bonus points because it was probably the Holy Spirit who was uh, inspiring him to write in such a manner. But uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're written in such concise ways for us to follow. Uh, the book of Galatians is actually broken down into how many parts? Yeah, three distinct parts. Uh, chapters 1 and chapter 2, uh, Paul is talking in what manner? Personal. He's personal in the first two chapters. In chapters 3 and 4, he gets a little bit doctrinal, as Jonas said. And what, uh, what happens when you take personal and you add it to doctrinal? You get practical. And so chapters five and six, he's really just nailing it home practically. Uh, and last week when we looked at it, the, the chapter opened up with stand fast. 
Stand fast. So, hey, you've heard my personal story. Now I've like laid out some doctrine for you. And now since you know that doctrine can actually happen in someone's personal life, let me lay it out for you practically. First and foremost, stand fast. Don't let anyone shake you. Don't let anyone knock you off. Uh, and then he goes out and he, he, he lays down what it is to be a true follower of Christ. And what does he say? Most importantly, love one another. He said within that the whole law is summed up. Uh, and we're going to see tonight even more about this love. But then he tells us how to walk, not only in the love, but how to walk in the spirit. And he tells us the things that are anti-spirit, and he tells us the things that are the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and we looked at the different sin that can be present in a person's life. And he says, he who practices these things surely uh, will not inherit God's kingdom. And then we looked at what the difference between practice uh, and struggle with sin is. Uh, practicing sin is someone who purposely uh, sets out with the intent to sin with no remorse. Someone who is non-confessing of their sin, but someone who's just like, sin, 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 sin. That's all I want to do. Sin, sin, sin. Uh, but someone who struggles, that's different because um, there's confession. And, and, and John tells us in 1 John that if we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, so Paul said, if we are those kind of people who are truly walking in the spirit, it'll be evident by a few things. Anyone know what those few things were? I'll give you a little hint. Verse 22 and 23 of chapter five. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against none or, or against these. There is no law. Uh, so he tells us to live in the Spirit and that we should walk in the Spirit. And then he picks up in chapter 6. And I'm going to read chapter 6, then we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive into it. But he says this, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one of us examine his own works, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in one another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share it in all good things with him who teaches. And do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he also will reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap of the Spirit everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap, and if we do not lose heart, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. It's a little shots fired moment right here. Um, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails to anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. 
from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, uh, be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. Uh, God, we thank you uh, that you love us so much. Uh, God, uh, you, you weren't done with us 2,000 years ago. But God, you sent your Holy Spirit. And not only did you send your Holy Spirit, but you inspired the writers uh, of, of these letters and of these gospels and of these Old Testament books all those years ago uh, to, 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 to give us your very words. Uh, God, your word tells us that it is by your word we overcome. Uh, it is by your word that our faith is grown. Uh, God, we're, we're told that if we hide your word in our heart, uh, we will not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So, God, we thank you that your word shows us uh, the ins and outs of life, the, the, the rights and the wrongs. Your word shows us uh, what it means to live a life and a life to the fullest. And so, God, I pray that tonight, as we allow your Holy Spirit uh, to move through these words, uh, God, I pray that uh, you will encourage us, that you will build us up. Uh, God, that we would leave this place different than we came in. God, that we would be encouraged um, by what your word has for us. God, that we would be inspired to, to really push further into our faith. And God, that we would be challenged to live our lives uh, differently in this present age. Uh, God, so I just thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you for your word. God, I pray that none of these would be my words. Uh, but God, that you would speak through me. Anything that would be of me. Um, God, may I not be able to get it out of my mouth. God, I want your perfect word to come through. Uh, so God, we thank you and we praise you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. What's Paul saying here? Paul's saying, hey, if you have a brother or a sister who's really struggling with one of these sins that I had just mentioned in the previous uh, few words of my letter to you, if any of them are struggling or overtaken by that, you who are strong in spirit... Go approach them with gentleness and let them know, hey, it's all right, man. I can, I can show you a better way. This is how I have overcome that in my life. And, and, and really keep one another accountable. But what it says, it says, but consider yourself lest you also be tempted. So in essence, if, if there's someone who's got a problem punching people in the face uh, and they just really want to just hit people and they're like, man, that person's mean. And they, and they punch them in the face. Um, you as a brother or a sister should be like, man, that's probably not good. That's kind of against the Bible. I mean, it says, uh, um, <laughs> what, what, what were some of the things? Uh, jealousy's outbursts of wrath. That's the one I was looking for. That's an outburst of wrath. <laughs> right? Uh, so you who are uh, spiritual, you should confront your brother. So if Dan's over here <laughs> and people in the face, I should be like, hey, Dan. And you got to do it gently. Like, hey, Dan, that's probably not something we should do. Maybe we should learn patience and kindness. Uh, but if I'm someone who's also prone to anger, um, also someone who maybe used to be a face puncher, uh, and I go to Dan, and I'm like, hey, Dan, maybe you shouldn't punch people in the face. He's like, yeah, but that dude said that. And I'm like, what? And I punch him. Uh, I, need to be, I need to be careful lest I stumble as well. Now, I used face puncher because it sounds funny. Um, but let's be real. There are very real sins that we are tempted with. And there are very real sins that some of us have had a better uh, time overcoming. And uh, But there are still sins of preference. Uh, maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's sex. It, it can be all sorts of things. Uh, we are to approach our brothers and sisters in gentleness and uh, confront them 
not in a condemning way, but confront them and show them, hey, this is what the word of God has to say. We should maybe be living differently. Um, but if that's something that we struggle in, uh, so to the person who is claiming to be a follower of Christ, but is getting uh, stoned every weekend, partying hard, getting drunk all the time, uh, we see that, we should be like, hmm, we should go maybe talk to them and, and, and let them know that's not uh, something that a Christ follower should be doing. But if we also struggle with that, we shouldn't go hang out with them at the parties. Be like, yeah, I'll be your buddy, you know, and, and, and I'll hang with you. Because if that's something that we are susceptible to, chances are we put ourselves around that, we will give in. So Paul's saying, hey, be careful. Like, care about your brother, but also care about yourself. Does that make sense? So, so don't put yourself in a, in a compromised position, but also love your brothers and sisters and help pull them up. He goes on to say this in verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Now this is, is one where it's like, wait a minute. I thought Paul just spent the last five chapters telling us about how we're set free from the law. Why does he now here say, fulfill the law? Anyone? Jonas. Okay, that's close. That's close. Look at what it says here, though. It, it, it says, it says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Not just fulfill the law, but fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Yeah. He, Jesus was asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Of, of all of the law, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love the Lord your God. And the second one's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In this, the law and the prophets, all of it is summed up. So Jesus is saying, or, or Paul is saying here to the church in Galatia, hey, when you bear one another's burdens, you are fulfilling the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to love God and to love your neighbor and to serve others. Now, Jesus fulfilled the law so that we don't have to fulfill the law prior or the law of, of, of Israel. But we see uh, the law of Christ is to love one another. Jonas. So that's kind of what I was saying there. It's like the love others because God first loved you. Yeah, Amen. I love it. I love it. Love others because Christ first loved us. That's some First John stuff right there. Verse 3, he says, If anyone thinks of himself to be something when he is not, he deceives himself. Any of you guys ever met someone who just thought they were all that? <laughs> Ryan's back there like, I know that person. I see him every day in the mirror. Uh, but <laughs> Paul tells us to be uh, careful lest we think of ourselves a little too highly um, because we deceive ourselves. Uh, he goes on to talk later on about boasting, and, and, and we'll get there in just a little bit. Uh, but don't think too highly of ourselves, but let us each examine our own works. And when we see that we have uh, rejoicing in, in ourselves, we don't have to do it around one another. So you might think you're all that. Maybe examine yourself and, hey, if you are all that, be happy about yourself, but don't show off in front of other people. Does that make sense? Uh, so uh, I, I could come up with lots of examples uh, of, of different things uh, that, that that would apply to. Um, but let's be humble. I think that's what Paul's getting at here. Uh, humility. Humility is key in the life of a believer. Why? Well, because when you meet someone who's all that and that kind of like transfers into the way they operate. If someone is an all that Christian and you're a non-Christian, that person is all all that Christian, blah, 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 blah. it can really affect our witness in a negative way. 
you guys get what I'm saying? Uh, it, if, if someone is over the top, like, I am better than you because I am a chosen one of God, like, uh, that, that st- does not go well to people who are not Christians. They're like, yeah, well, you're a bigot. Uh, and then they just move on, you know? But if we approach with love, if we approach with gentleness, not, not wavering on the truth, don't get what I'm saying as uh, be kind of a sissy Christian. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, we don't shrink back from the truth, but you can show the truth in love. You can show the truth with gentleness. It's the way Jesus did it. I think it's the way that we should do it. Uh, so that when we find ourselves to be something, uh, we rejoice alone, uh, not in front of others. For each one shall bear his own load, but let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Um, so when we hear the word and it's taught, uh, one, we should show forth what we have been taught. If it's good, uh, then we should show that forth. But also, hey, if we're taught good, uh, we should let the person know who's teaching, hey, thank you, I learned. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of one, one of these verses where it's like, hey, tell the pastor he did a good job. Uh, but, but not really. That, like, like, I'm not asking for that. But Paul says, hey, if you've been taught good, let the person who taught you know that, hey, that was a good job, and then go live what they taught. Does that make sense? Awesome. Um, but do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. It's the law of the harvest. For if anyone sows to the flesh, from the flesh he will reap destruction. If you are someone who is practicing sin, that means you are sowing to the flesh. If there is no remorse, if there is no confession, there's a difference between remorse and confession. Sometimes you can be like, I don't want to get caught because there's consequences. And then there's the side, I probably shouldn't be doing this because I'm offending God. You guys see the difference? One is a false sense of remorse, whereas the other one is like a righteous sense of remorse. We should be the sense of, of remorse that's righteous, where we actually confess, we bring it to the Lord, we bring it to our brothers and sisters. Because if we do not do that and we continue to sow to the flesh, it says from the flesh we will reap corruption. Uh, and the ultimate corruption here is uh, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's heavy duty. When, when the Bible says those who practice these things, those who continue to sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. And the corruption is this. You won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's hardcore. Jesus says there will be those who, when I separate the goats from the sheep, there will be those who say, Lord, Lord. And he who says, depart from me, you evil servants. I never knew you. So there will be people who say, hey, Jesus, like I knew you. I went to church. I hung out. Like it was great. But Jesus is going to be like, no, I didn't know you because you were someone who practiced sin. You were not confessing. You just, you lived your life in a negative way. And that is not showing the fruits of being a follower of Christ. We have to be people who are bearing fruit, confessing sin, and living for the Lord, walking in the spirit, living in love. Uh, Because, what is it going to say? But... He who sows to the Spirit will reap of the Spirit, what? Everlasting life. If we live for the Lord and if we sow into the things of the Spirit, if we sow love, and you guys know what I'm saying when I say sow. I'm not talking about like knitting clothes. I'm talking about casting seeds, right? If I'm casting out the love, like love here, love there, love, love, I will reap love, joy, joy, joy. Patience, patience, patience. And then all, all the way down the list. It'd be funny to listen to me say all those in that voice, right? But all of those together, we will receive that from people, but from the Lord, we receive those in the form of everlasting life. And so I want to encourage us 
to live this way. You remember last week I, I, I mentioned that I was talking to one pastor about the book of Galatians and he says, did you even preach? I mean, Paul pretty much just says it straightforward. You can just read it and you've already learned. Uh, and as you can tell, that's kind of what this last chapter really is. It's Paul said it and we really don't have to add anything to Paul. So our series is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Uh, the subhead of that series is Paul wrote it. Don't have to say much more. You know, like, like it, it, it Paul really lays it out for us. And it's, it's pretty simple and pretty solid. And yet the simplicity of it, if it was so simple, why doesn't every believer do it? And so we need to take what we read, we need to take what we hear, we need to apply it in our everyday lives. And how many of us are guilty of not following Scripture on our everyday lives? Right? Yeah, like every one of us. And uh, Lord, help us be more like Him. Here's one of those verses that I think is really important when it comes to, Lord, help us be more like him. Uh, Because when we live like Christ, what did Jesus say? He said, hey, they hated me. They persecuted me. They're going to do the same thing to you. It's not always easy to live for the Lord all the time. There's going to be times where we get made fun of. There's going to be times where it's not even outside pressure. It's inside pressure. There's an internal struggle in us. Where we just want to be human. We want to give in to the the fleshly desires that we have, but the spirit is inside of us. And he, one, he's providing ways of escape, but two, he's saying, hey, live for me, live for me, live for me. And this is why it says, let us not be weary or grow weary while doing good. We should continue to do good even when we're not seeing the results of it because for in due season... We shall reap if we do not lose heart. So here's the thing. Continue to invest. Continue to invest. How many of you guys have ever taken like an accounting class or like a banking class or anything that has to do with money? (laughs) You're never too young to learn about money. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, You can invest into like the stock market, right? And let's say you invest into the stock market. If you pull your stock out, the next day, you might make a penny or two. I mean, if I mean, in some small cases, whoa, the market did a good thing. I'm going to pull out now, you know. But uh, some people, you're, you you wait it out. You kind of ride the train, you know. And sometimes it's going to have its ups and downs. And there's going to be times where you're like, man, I should really pull out right now. It's just dr- crashing, crashing, crashing. But I know this stock, it's going to go up and down. And it's it's about to go up high. And what, what Paul is saying is, don't lose heart. Stay in just a few more days. Stay in just a few more days because you're going to be able to cash out. And it's going to be good. Uh, and, and so don't lose heart. Um, do not grow weary while doing good. Uh, here's another thing that Jesus said. Jesus said, uh, they hated me. They persecuted me. They're going to hate you and persecute you as well. But know this, they don't hate you, but they hate me within you. Um, people who are coming against you because of your faith. And, and let's just take a little poll. Let's take a little poll to see how relevant this actually is. Have any of you ever, uh, or within the last, let's say, six months, has anyone, has there been conflict between you and someone because of your faith? Okay, so, so maybe 50-50. Um, ha- have you ever faced that in your life? Maybe not in the six months, but, but have you ever faced it in your life? Yeah, like when, w- there's going to be times where we are faced with this, this headbutting of, uh, Boom, boom, I believe this, you believe this, but i got to stand fast and hold fast to this. Uh, they don't actually hate you. 
they don't actually think you're the worst person on the planet. Uh, they do not like Jesus. They do not like the gospel. They don't like the spirit inside of you. Um, and so Jesus says, take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome already. Like, take heart. Stand fast. Hold fast. You've got this thing. Uh, therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all. Um, he's not just talking to your Christian buddies. He says do good to all. So that means to people you don't agree with also. Uh, he goes on to finish the verse, especially to those who are in the household of faith. But he doesn't say do good to those who are in the household of faith, but not to those who aren't. He says do good to all, but you should definitely be doing good to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ, there shouldn't be malice between us. It's so sad to see Christians fighting amongst each other. Uh, because that shouldn't be. Jesus prayed in John uh, 17 that we would be one so that the world may know. But when Christians aren't one, people from the world look at it and be like, yeah, Christians, why, why would I want to be a Christian that can't even get along with themselves? But Christians, we argue over such petty things between one another. Uh, did Jesus have a blue sash or a red sash? Like, we argue over the dumbest things. I don't know if people actually argue over that. They, they do? Oh, man, that's so rough. Um, but the reality is when Christians are arguing amongst each other, when we're button heads, the world says, eh, maybe I don't want that. But if we are especially kind and good uh, and doing good to one another, then the world's going to be like, hey, that, 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 that looks appealing. Um, but also, we are to do good to those who are in the world. So, here are some examples. Uh, do we have the same faith as someone who is Islamic? No. Um, and on paper, we look like we probably shouldn't like each other. Right? Um, here's the thing. We should do good to Muslims. Uh, we should do good... Uh, to, I mean, you, you fill in the gap. You fill in the gap. Any different ethnic group, uh, any different uh, alternative lifestyle, no matter what, we should do good to all. We should be there. We should be an uh, ear to listen. We should be a shoulder to cry on. We should be someone who says, yeah, I'll help you come do yard work. Right? Um, and another good thing to do is to love them with the gospel. And we don't have to force it down their throat. That would be the person who is, I am high and mighty Christian, I force gospel down throat. You know? Like, <laughs> no. We love by our actions. We love, Jesus says, they shall know who you are by your fruit. You shouldn't have to force it. It should be natural. He goes on to say, see that I have written this with large letters that you would know it's with my own hand. When, remember I said, I think it was in week one, when, when Paul repeats something multiple times, he probably means it. Uh, Paul was a very good orator, uh, very good talker. Uh, he, he, he was a great uh, speech and debate kind of person. Uh, he, he uses the, the, the Greek style of orating called diatribes where he like sets you up with a question that he knows the answer to, and you probably should know the answer to, but you're like, is that a trick question? And then he like slams you in with the, like, like the correct answer. Uh, Paul's really smart. Um, and let alone the Holy Spirit's inspiring him to say what he's saying. So when Paul then says, I'm writing this with my own, this is very important. And it was very important to the church then, but we're encouraged in Revelation, he who has an ear to hear, 
what the Spirit has to say. Uh, listen to what the Spirit has to say to the church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. The Spirit is saying these very things to the church today. Because there's people who are trying to add to what it means to be a Christian. But it's Jesus plus something equals with everything. And Paul's saying, hey, get this. Get this. Overcome sin, love one another, and now he's saying, not only love one another, be good to all people. Because when we do that, we're being a light in the darkness. What does John say in 1 John about light and dark? He says, he says, just a little bit of light shining in the dark, it does a lot of it does a lot of work, let alone if we're all the light of Christ and we're all in this collective darkness together, it's gonna shine brighter, especially if we're doing good. It's like the oxygen. To the flame, the flame just keeps getting bigger, 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 and bigger. If the church, if Christians are loving, which should be our number one priority, because Jesus said it's all summed up in that, but we love, then we are joyful when we probably shouldn't be. What does James say? Count it all joy, brethren, when you face various trials. Man, those people are pretty joyful, even though life really sucks for them right now. The world's like, what's different? What's different? We have peace, long-suffering, all these things. When we have that operating, the world looks. So Paul says, hey, this is a very big deal. Um, and then, then, then he's going to go on. He's going to wrap up his whole uh, conversation about those who are trying to uh, subvert in the church. He says, as many as desire to make, you, uh, to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they would not suffer the persecution for the cross of Christ. Remember how when I was reading, I said, that's shots fired. Uh, Paul, in essence, is saying, hey, I know I've been telling you these guys are false teachers. I'm going to tell you their true motive. Um, they want to hide within inside of Judaism so that the Romans don't persecute them or that the Jews don't persecute them. They just want to be safe, happy-go-lucky people who never face tri tribulation and trials. Uh, he, he says, pay no attention to these people. They're cowards. He says, people who try to add to the gospel, that's cowardly. And uh, I think the same thing goes today in the church. If you're trying to add to what Jesus did, that's just a cowardly move. That's just dropping out saying, eh, whatever. I'm kind of afraid of what real life as a Christian is like. And it's, it's taking the easy way out. And Paul says, hey, pay no attention to those people who are trying to take the easy way out. I think that's a good concept for us to understand in lifetime, too. Uh, there's no easy way out. Um, there's no easy way out of uh, sin. Uh, Jesus, I mean, it was it was a pretty hard deal that Jesus had to do. Uh, so much so that he in the garden was saying, hey, if it be your will, maybe you could take this away from me. Uh, but, but Jesus went through with it. He didn't take the easy way out. And he sets the example for us as followers of Christ not to take the easy way out. There's going to be easy ways out for us. Our friends, uh, peer pressure, boom, boom, boom. We're trying to make a stand for Christ, but all our friends around us are encouraging us to partake in things that aren't good things to partake in. The easy way out is just to say, oh, I'm with my friends. It'll just be this one time. That's the easy way out when we should be making a stand for Christ. He says, for even those who are circumcised, they don't even keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. He's saying these people, they don't even follow their own standards. They just want to get you to fall so that you can be another notch on their belt. So you can be uh, one of their badges of, yeah, that Christian, I made him fall. Uh, my brother had a professor uh, uh, or a high school teacher um, who liked to just make Christians uh, not get good grades. 
uh, because it was it, it was kind of his thing, and and he would force them to do assignments that were anti-Christian, uh, and then he would brag that he liked to uh, dethrone Christians. Like that's kind of messed up. It's kind of messed like up. Valedictorians. Valedictorians. Yes, valedictorians who are Christians. Like giving them bees. Yeah. Valedictorians. <laughs> yeah, but 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 people try to like sweep the legs out from underneath Christians, uh, so that they can say those Christians don't have a leg to stand on, um, and it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Uh, how many of you guys watch YouTube? Anyone watch YouTube? Okay. I am a YouTubeaholic. Uh, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, there's a lot of good things on YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of great sermons on YouTube and a lot of great Bible studies. But there's also a lot of trash on YouTube. Um, and it just so happens because of some of the videos uh, that I watch, uh, some of the trash uh, shows up in my feed. Um, now let me lay that out for you guys. I watch a lot of apologetics videos where it's Christians debating against atheists. So I get a lot of atheist videos pop up in my feed. Uh, and, and there's this one YouTube channel. Uh, I, it's called the friendly atheist. Um, and, uh, <laughs> this guy, uh, he claims to be a friendly atheist, but man, he does not pull punches when he makes fun of Christians. Uh, and he, he, he's supposedly a smart person, uh, and, and he has all of these things. I say supposedly, I'd love to meet the dude face to face cause I'd be nice to him, but he probably hasn't met a Christian who'd actually stand, you know? Um, because man, some of the things that he says, they're just flat out flagrant ignorance. Uh, but he, he loves to talk about how in just a few simple sentences he can make Christians question their faith completely. And he says he has encouraged more Christians to leave their faith. And he said, and you can never encourage an atheist to leave atheism because they're actually smart. And, 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 and he's just throwing punches like left and right. And uh, so, some of his reasonings, I'm like... He criticizes the Bible. I don't want to get on some like whole thing about it, but the things he criticizes about the Bible, I'm like, dude, have you ever even opened a Bible? Because it's like he's quoting what someone else said, but they were quoting what someone else had said five times before them. Uh, and it's like, you, check your facts, bro. But uh, there are people, and the world especially, likes to dethrone Christians or just knock Christians uh, off their tracks so that they can say, yeah, I knocked a Christian off their track. Um and so, so, so Paul's like, dude, just these people, they're out there. Um, don't, don't be like those people. Uh, so to the Christian, he's saying, hey, maybe you witnessed to an atheist and that atheist gave their heart to the Lord. Don't go busting around like, I knocked down an atheist. He is now a Christian. Like, he's like, come on, man. He says this, but God forbid that I should boast in anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we boast in. Jesus, 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 by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He says that stuff, the fighting, the bickering, done with it. It's crucified. It's dead. That is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm going to do things the way Jesus did. I'm going to do things the way Jesus did. I'm going to do things the way Jesus did. How much different would the world be if the Christians or people who profess to be Christians just lived their lives the way Jesus lived his life? How different would this world be? We talk about all the problems in politics. We talk about all the problems in school. We talk about all the problems just with society. If Christians were actually like Christ-like, like the word actually means Christian is little Christ, 
they were first called Christians in Antioch, uh, uh, as Acts tells us, because the people who had heard about Christ and who had known Christ, they see the disciples and these followers running around. They're like, these dudes are like a bunch of Jesus clones. We can't tell the difference between... Whoa. We can't tell the difference between these dudes and Jesus. We can't tell the difference. So they're just little Christs. They're a bunch of little Christs running around. If the church was really little Christs... Yeah. 725. Thank you. Uh, you. You have permission to throw your pencil at me at 728. All right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're wrapping up, guys. I only got four more verses. For in Christ there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. It doesn't avail to anything. But in Christ we are a new creation. Doesn't matter what your past was. Doesn't matter what your personality is. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ... You are a new creation. Nice toss, by the way. Not yet. Um, not yet. Yeah. Ah, people are just throwing things at me now. It's not time yet. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Let me finish. I got three verses. And as many as walked according to this rule, the rule being living in love, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. In essence, what Paul's saying is, hey, if you walk in these things, man, mercy and peace be upon you. Like, Live your life knowing that you're doing it right. Knowing that you're doing it right. And he says, And from, no, uh, for from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Paul's saying, hey, I'm getting beat up right now. I'm in jail. Can we stop having petty differences that I keep having to address? And let's just like let's live for the Lord. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Brethren, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you in your spirit. Amen. So if we're doing those things, living for the Lord, know you're doing it right. Know you're doing a good job and stand fast in that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much. And you can't throw things at me while I'm praying. Okay. Uh, dear God, we thank you so much uh, for your word. God, and we pray that uh, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, God, I pray that it speaks to us. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is perfect, uh, that, it, that there's no inconsistencies. God, your word is perfect. Um, God, I, I, I pray that your perfect word tonight would encourage us, would inspire us, uh, God, and that uh, we would take what we have learned, uh, God, and we would apply it to our lives. Help us be people who fulfill the law of Christ by loving one another. When we see a brother or sister stumbling, God, may we be people who love them even when they're stumbling. Uh, God, may we not be prideful, but may we be humble. Uh, God, may we, uh, may we truly do the things that we're taught. Uh, God, may we not sow to the flesh, but God, we should, uh, may we show so to the spirit. Um, God, I pray that, that we would not grow weary in well-doing, uh, but God, that we would stand fast. Uh, help us do good to all. Um, and God, let us not boast in anything but you and in your cross. So God, we thank you. We praise you. In your son's wonderful, beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.